Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. And with us right now, Brian Bogert. And Brian, you are found on the web at BrianBogert.com. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. I'm happy to be here, man. Thanks for having a platform for me to come put good into the world. Speaking of platform, we were just kind of geeking out on uh, your video setup. And yeah. so as a speaker, um, so is this something that you really invested a lot of resources and effort into over the past year? Oh, significantly. When COVID hit, it, to me, there was no other option, right? Because life is one about showing up and second, how you show up. And so it was one of those things for me that it was just kind of non-negotiable. If we were going to be living in the virtual world, I had to do a couple of things. One, I had to make sure that my audience or whoever I was talking to, even if it's one-to-one -one like this, could see me, consume me with the right light, the right sound, the right clarity. So there's no guessing about where I'm coming from or how I'm transferring my energy. But secondarily, um, the next evolution of that was the other side of it, right? I read people for a living. Uh, that's one of my greatest skill sets. That's one of my greatest gifts. And I don't care how much I tried to make that 27 inch iMac work a couple of feet in front of me, it just didn't close the gap to in-person work anywhere near the same. And so you're actually six feet in front of me on a 50 inch television. It looks like you're sitting across the table from me. And so the non-verbals I'm able to actually pick up on, you know, probably 90% proficiency at, compared to in-person still not yeah. the same, but a lot better than I was on the 27 inch uh, uh, deal. So yeah, this studio this is probably version 6.0 of it. I just went through different iterations, but now I've got a five point light setup and, uh, we actually just finished developing our second studio as well for different stuff that we're working on. And so, you know, again, it's showing up in life is number one. And then how do you show up? So I invested a bunch of time and money and then frankly, resources trying to learn because it was early in COVID. I couldn't bring an expert to come in and set it up for me, but I knew it was essential. So I had to learn the process, get it done and dialed in. And, you know, it paid for itself in one talk uh, because I landed a gig last summer uh, simply because of the technology I had and how it differentiated me in the space. And it was that moment I was like, yep, okay, good thing I trusted my gut there. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I think of, you know, speakers who didn't adapt quickly, right? And they're yeah. like, oh, you know, maybe hopefully that speaking, in-person speaking business is just going to come back. Well, here we are recording this and, you know, we're a year in since things, <laughs> things started really shutting yeah. down. Um, and, you know, those who adapted quickly mm -hmm. and showed up and said, you know, because it, it's, when there are things that are outside our control, like we can't control, I can't control the pandemic. I, I you know, right. I have no, very little control over that. Um, but I can say, you know what? I can show up in a way and I can help people. That's right. And in order to help them more effectively, there are some things that I need to do to make sure that I have the this tools and resources available so I could do that good in the world. And so, uh, Good on you for, uh, you know, for jumping on that quickly, because I know other speakers who also did. And you know what? There is a huge business for those speakers, for those consultants, for those trainers that can do this well in a yeah. virtual environment. That's right. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've seen that. We've been rewarded as a result of that, right? It's, uh, it's something we never looked back on. Um, and to your point, I mean, we all thought that events were going to come back by last summer, you know, and in the last year, I've done three live events and they were smaller, unique events where there was like some protections taken and they're just now starting to open. But I mean, you know, whereas I would be doing multiple events a month, typically I have the next four that are mapped out over the next six months and two of them are, we'll see if they actually happen. 
right? So for now, it's like everything is virtual. Um, and, and I'm kind of living in this studio right now, which is okay. Uh, it's just kind of a, a state of the times, but it's also created exponential opportunity, frankly, because what I think we used to call the true global economy never really was. Now it is. Like, think about it, right? There's no friction to getting to people anymore. We're conditioned and used to interacting, having first conversations this way. And the friction of going to get a coffee to meet somebody new where you've got a 30-minute drive each direction and you're committed for an hour, it's a two-hour commitment to see if you want to sync up with somebody. Now you can jump on Zoom for 25 minutes and real quick know, do I want to do more? So there's less risk for people, totally. which has created more opportunity if we double down on the technology and we learn how to actually communicate this way. And then how do we transfer energy this way? Because I think those that have really taken off in this period of time are the ones that, you know, there's a lot of people who talk a lot, but don't necessarily communicate. And then there's really solid communicators, which we're easily able to transfer into this platform. And so those that have learned how to do that, and then secondarily, those who've learned how to transfer energy, so you can create a connection through technology. Those are the ones that are winning right now. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, and you do that well, it's obvious. You connect with people via a screen in a way that many cannot. Yeah. So Brian, for those who are like, okay, give me the 101. How can I do Zoom presentations, Zoom meetings? How can I meet virtually more effectively? How can I communicate more effectively? How can I transfer my, you know, my attention, my desire to connect with people? Like, what are some really great best practices for that? Yeah. So I'm a big fan of just getting reps in, meaning like have a lot of time where you spend with compressing a lot of people into short periods of time in a way that you can just get reps to have those conversations. Cause it's like anything it's practice. Okay. Now you may have some natural abilities, but if you don't, or even if you do, I would say just lean in, like get a setup where you can actually find a way that you can feel like you're locking in on eyes with people, right? It may or may not feel like it to you, but for me, I'm looking you right in the eyes right now. And because my setup is six feet out from in front of me, which right. I realize not everybody can do. I can look in different parts of the screen and you still feel like I'm making eye contact. Eye contact connects people, even if it's done virtually. So try to make sure that you're there. The other thing is, is when we're in a technological world, it is very easy to be distracted, right? You've got emails popping up. You have like different things. You'll have a phone. It's like, you know, and, and because you're not with somebody, there's a lot of people who I think like, oh, I can multitask because I'm here and I'm on a screen and I'm doing this. You, no, you yeah, can't. You can. You can. you can, but you're not going to connect. You're not going to transfer, <laughs> right? I think that it actually requires you to be where your feet are even more in a virtual world. It takes more effort, more energy, more intellect, more emotion to truly connect virtually, right? So it's harder for people to do. But if you condition that muscle, what's what I've found, which is fascinating, my ability to connect with people and how I've had to evolve my ability to read people in a virtual capacity has actually only strengthened my in-person skills. Yeah. Because I've had so, to work so much harder to do it. So th that's what I would say for right. people. Be present, put down distractions, and show up and be present with the person that's there and make them feel like you want to connect with them. Yeah, That's where it starts to grow. And so, Brian, in terms of, you know, obviously being present for people, incredibly important. Um, and I think a lot of times, so I'll, now what you talked about is being able to set the display six feet away so that the camera lens is really close to where yeah. the person is. So you get to look directly at them. Now, as I'm doing this, I've got a, a screen and a camera lens. It's actually, that's a great idea because right now this is only about two and a half feet away. So I'm my eye 
you know, naturally wants to kind of be yeah. between the different screens that are there and you can tell. So if you can't do that, so, you know, a, a you know, piece of advice, you know, it is really nice when you can keep your eyes on the of guests. Um, yes. I think for presenting, you know, one thing that, that I, I recommend is, you know, try to stare into the soul. Look at the camera. You are yeah. going to miss out on that, but that's part of that eye contact, right? Is making sure that other people feel like you're zeroed in on them. So I actually, for me, I have to actually hide like the viewfinder. Otherwise I'm tempted to like, look at myself. Of course. Yeah. You, you gotta know, look whatever. at the lens. Otherwise you're distracted. Totally. Yes. Right. Right. So another thing, like, um, you know, I've seen little hacks and I'm sure you have like ton of these type of things, but, you know, just like, even if you, if you have trouble with this, like set up a sticky note with like an arrow pointing to yeah. the camera lens. I've seen other people also, um, when it comes to, cause a lot of this, so my background's in media training. So, um, you know, about, you know, how important it is to smile, you know? And so some yes. people will also next to your camera lens, have a little sticky note that says smile, you know, just as that reminder. Yeah, because personality, I think some people feel like because they're not feeling the connection, they don't show up with the same energy and their same personality, right? It's a more dulled version because it's like, well, we're on a screen, so we might as well yes. be robotic. But the reality of it is, it's like personality is how you transfer energy, right? So when I can like laugh with you and connect with you and feel like we're seeing each other, right? It feels, again, not like we're in person, but as close as we can possibly get. So play the cards however they're dealt. I'm going to play them as best as I possibly can. You know, I had someone explain, and this makes a lot of sense, is the camera typically strips away 10% of your energy. Oh, and it does. So it's important it to, even though it might feel uncomfortable, um, particularly if, like, well, I'm generally a low-key person, um, how, what, what advice would you give to them? Yeah, so I, I think that's absolutely true. Now, the advice is don't fabricate energy because right. it will come across as fake. And I will tell you, like, if you look back at any of my original content six years ago before I was really comfortable in front of a camera, I did just that because I didn't realize that I was talking to another person on the other side of the screen, right? And I don't mean that just virtually. Like, even if you create content, right? Imagine you're talking to somebody. It changes the dynamic. And so don't fabricate. Like, out of the gate, if you feel like you've got a more monotone personality, that's okay. Don't fabricate. Be you. But I would also say, look for how you can heighten your level of energy in an authentic way as if you would be with somebody in person. Because to your point, camera takes away probably 10, maybe even 20% of your natural energy. It doesn't feel natural. It doesn't, it doesn't, so recognize like for you, I'm literally imagining you're sitting across the table from me. So when I talk to you, I'm talking to you as if I would in person. I, now where I can lean is that my natural energy and ability to like be at a heightened level, I'm loud, I'm gregarious, I'm like I have, right? That's just how I am. And so it probably transfers on camera more naturally than others would. But the point is, is like, be you, don't fabricate, but recognize that like you need to show up with energy. Yeah. Now we should point out that if you're watching this presentation on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, at, um, and by the way, if, you, if you're just listening to me right now, it's real simple. You go to youtube.com, just search up my influence, and you can find my interview with Brian there. Um, but one thing you'll see is that um, both Brian and I, um, it, it looks a little bit different. It looks a little bit better than your standard webcam. That's right. Um, I have, Brian, I'm going to ask you like some of your tips for technology. I do have an, an article too, that if you search on up my influence, you can find, you know, DSLR as a webcam. If you kind of search that yep. on our website, you'll find an article that I put together. But Brian, I'd love to learn from you, like what you've learned in terms of technology. 
Yeah. So what I'm doing here, I, literally, I've got a rolling studio cart. So I have a dedicated computer that I've got pretty much everything cleared off on. So I know exactly what tools I need for coaching or what have you, but it, there are no other distractions. So the 50 inch television becomes my monitor. It's an old MacBook Pro that I had that I'm using. And then I was able to figure out, um, again, there's lots of different hacks on this, but I was really fortunate early because I was vigilant in trying to find it. Um, I use a Canon 70D uh, for my main camera and I'm using the nifty 50 lens with the 1.8 aperture. I knew nothing about photography, knew nothing about cameras when COVID started. And now I understand shutter speed, ISO and aperture, <laughs> understand how to use them. I understand how to create content. I had to learn a lot. So one of my tips would be if you don't know something and you aren't in a position to be able to have an expert come in, YouTube, which you just referenced, is a phenomenal resource to learn just about anything. And so I was able to kind of learn that. The, the issue with Canons in the, in the very beginning is a lot of people had trouble getting them to be effective as a webcam. Oh, right? my and gosh. And Canon yeah, has that EOS webcam plug-in, which, by the way, didn't work for me because 70D isn't one of their approved cameras on there. <sighs> Yeah. So I ended up finding this, this software plugin, which I, I make no money off this when I say this, but I'm just yes. going to share it. Because if it, somebody's a Mac user who's using a Canon, it's a very simple plugin. I think it was $40. It's called Cascable, C-A-S-C-A-B-L-E. And you buy the license for $40 and you can put it on two machines so that literally all you have to do is plug in the uh, USB to the camera, plug it into the computer, and it recognizes the camera and automatically streams it as your webcam. Yeah. It's it's plug and play, like as simple as it gets. Quality is really high and you can actually manage the camera settings from the app on your computer. So I don't have to get up and go change. So I've got it on manual because I like to be able to have the right shadows, the right lighting, the right like yeah. aperture. I want that blurred background just like you have, right? Um, so I was able to find that to work really well. My second studio, it's the same thing. I've got two computers, right? That I can do streaming off of. Both are using Cascable. I have a separate camera on that side. Um, the reason I did 70D, just for everybody to know, you can only stream on most platforms at 1080p. So I bought and used 70D, which, which was less expensive to get into the DSLR game. And I have another one that's, that's got 4K and all those capabilities, but I didn't need that for my webcam. No. So I bought what I needed and it it still translates a lot better. So I don't know if that answered your question, but that's how I've kind of cobbled it together. No, that's brilliant. Now, I want you to also, Brian, talk about your background and why background. So as you can see this right here behind me, right? I don't use that. Like yeah. you think like, oh, well, that must be a, a setting that Josh is, uses to interview people. I've never used that, <laughs> but that is, it's on brand for me, That's what right. you see. So, you know, my background is in media consulting. So it kind of looks like, oh, it looks like the set of a talk right. show or something like that. That's just a set. Like it's real, like it's, you know, it's, it, you know, it's really set up back there, but it's designed. So because Brian, as I've been talking with you, you know, I've been looking at what's in your background here and share, share a little bit about why that's so important. Cause I've talked to some people and this is like the CEO of a company and he's got like, it's all super messy. There's yeah. junk, you know, he's clearly at home you know, dog running around, which that's fine. You know, some of that stuff's fine. It's, it's normal life, which is fine, but uh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to answer for you. I'd love your take on it. Yeah. So uh, the background took probably seven or eight versions before I felt like it got where I wanted it to. And, and it was about, again, so I'm really big on this idea of awareness and intentionality. What we're not aware of, we can't be intentional with. Right. And the reality of it is you'd like to think that people are actually looking at you the whole time you're on a screen, but they're not. You even just said it. I was looking at the stuff in your background. I'm interested. Like, what's there? And so 
I had to really figure out, and I went through multiple, I had like lamps back there at one point. I like was, I was trying to figure out the look and feel that felt most like me and translated most like me. Cause again, I can show up and transfer energy, but the look and feel around how I'm going to operate also matters with what people see. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so the, the shelf took actually a while to find the shelf that would actually fit the frame perfectly. Mm-hmm. So we did measurements. We were very intentional. We had a dresser back there at one point, like nothing was working. And then we landed on the shelf and it just all started to come together. Every single item up there, as I'm sure you can imagine, has a reason for being there. Mm-hmm. So we did buy stuff that I didn't already own, but it fit who I am, the things I'm interested in and the brand stuff, right? So you'll see little flavors of orange. Well, orange and blue are my brand colors, Mm -hmm. okay? So the pot that's right there, there's also a plant in it. So there's earth and there's like things, you can't see it up there because of the camera, but the orange is a part of the brand. Books, the books that are on the shelf are some of the more influential books I've read in my life. They're intentional, but again, you can see a little splash of orange on one of them. That, That was intentional as well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm big into this whole idea of the mind and the heart connection and wow. I'm big into stoicism and meditation and some of the softer things as well as like hard driving charging. So, you know, you'll see a bike up here. I do triathlons, right? I like to push myself to the limit. I have this belief that we really can live with no limits and that's not that we can do anything, but we can live significantly beyond the limits that we place on ourselves and the world places on us. These are constant reminders. I look at them, right? There's a, a, a meditation like Buddha t- style uh, deal. This clock right here, it's actually a pocket watch that I landed on and hung. Well, I have a tattoo that is a pocket watch. They're big in my life. And it's actually set to the exact same time. That's also integrated as a logo and part of my branding stuff. So everything that's back there has purpose. Right there is an axe throwing uh, trophy that I won. Actually, it's one of Steve Sims's events at at Speakeasy. Went through axes. I'd never thrown one before. And I won the competition. (laughs) And it's just like, that's one of those things that anybody that follows me from that world is like, oh, dang it. He's got the trophy there, right? But it just brings it all together because um, everything there has purpose. Everything there is for a reason. And I believe that, you know, that's how I want people to live in general. Be aware and be intentional with everything you do. Because when that starts to happen, people know who you are receive you for who you are and celebrate you for who you are instead of whatever, you know, lens you're trying to have them see through. You know, you think about the con concept of a conversation piece, right? And why, what are conversation pieces for? Why do we do that? We do that. So we make it comfortable for our guests, right? So, you know, if someone's like, okay, we're on this call, what do we talk about? Like, you know, the relationship moves forward. I find oftentimes when you're talking about the stuff that you talk about over, you know, over wine or, or you know, over right. drinks or over, you know, in a mixer at an event, right? That's that, in my opinion, where the relationship moves forward. So when you have free will to talk about whatever you want, um, you know, I feel like that's the moment where we can, we really, really connect, you know, totally oftentimes, agree. you know, we're, we're tackling the business of the day. Right. But, you know, it's like with my team, you know, it's like when we can just talk about like what's going on in their life, what's going on in my life, yeah. you know, hey, I just got my COVID shot, you know, whatever. Right. It's like that, you know, that's the part where I feel like. And, and so because of that, like you're nurturing an environment like where we could talk about other stuff than business. Yeah. Ask me about what you're seeing back there. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that's interesting. But you're, but you're exactly right. Great ideas. I love this. But you're exactly right. I mean, here's the thing, like the human element is what we've lost in a lot of cases. And human connection is what so many of us are hardwired, but also what we're desiring even more right now in the distance. And the reality of it is, is we know that vulnerability and authenticity are the glue that binds human connection. So when I can put stuff that has meaning- Can you say that last line again? I want to make sure. Vulnerability and authenticity are the glue that binds human connection. Yeah, 
That's great. So when you talk about even that, it's like, what are we talking about over wine? Well, like, how do you show up as who you are? Right. And so like everything back here does have a reason, but it's also letting people a little bit into my world, mm. letting them see a little bit about who I am that, that, and know that I'm going to be an open book and I'm going to disclose whatever's asked of me. Right. And all the crazy trials and tribulations that I've been through that have shaped my inability to be vulnerable or authentic in different periods that have shaped intellectual narratives in my life to protect myself that have shaped like we didn't even talk about my personal story. But like when I shut off physical pain 28 years ago, I shut off emotional pain for probably over 20 years and I didn't even know it. Right. Vulnerability and authenticity are the glue that binds human connection. But human connection without emotion isn't really human connection. And so when you start to recognize, we've got to be aware and intentional in all of these areas, up to including, how do we show up? What, how are we portraying ourselves to the world? The actions that we take demonstrate who we are to the world. The things that we surround ourselves, literally in our environments, are how we demonstrate ourselves to the world. That's what people want to be a part of. Um, Brian, from a business perspective and the work that you do, I think about the impact of ineffective remote teams, ineffective sales, like people that are ambassadors for a brand and like, listen, you know, this is potentially a seven figure, uh, you know, job or, you know, a contract. And meanwhile, this company has, you know, folks that are communicating via Zoom or other platforms ineffectively. Um, so when you come in, I would imagine that's a big part of the problem that you're able to solve. Because right now, listen, if you're a decision maker with a big company, you're losing a ton of money because your teams are not, they're not as effective as they could be in um, remote business. Yeah. <laughs> there's a big, there's the world biggest softball for you, Brian, go for it. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's really just a, a perpetuation of a concept that I think was already taking place in person, right? I yeah. think so many yes. of us, we're born as the most bright, burning, authentic light that we once were as a kid. Anybody who has kids know this, the rawness that we see. And then what happens is that we have parents, teachers, coaches, employers that start layering all these shoulds on us. You should do this. You shouldn't do that. You should be this. You should be that. You should follow this career path. What happens then is we all follow the, the, the external narrative, which is external definition of success. We chase the what, what house, what car, what amount of money, what spouse, what image do I want to portray? What type of people do I want to be in? What zip code do I want to, I mean, literally, right? We chase the what. And so many people lose the who in the process, okay? So one of the big things that I'm a big believer on is we have to shed those layers and recalibrate with the who so that our what's in our world can be a manifestation of the who. When we are having a hard time connecting with people, when we have a hard time communicating, when we have a hard time like being a brand ambassador, if we aren't clear on who we are, particularly in the virtual world, how are we supposed to show up? So a big part of what I think really is happening right now is there's a universal awakening that's taking place that corporations and businesses are feeling because as people have gotten back to home, they were knocked out of autopilot a year ago. And yeah, now all of a sudden right. they're reevaluating their lives. They're, they're paying attention to things that they weren't paying attention to for a decade or more, right? They've got more refreshed relationships with their spouses and their kids. Some are having broken apart marriages as a result of what they're actually seeing at home that they avoided for years. But what people are clamoring for right now is an element of influence and control in the world. But the core of that is an influence and control to define who they are. So for organizations to shift the mentality and the conversation to be like, look, who are we collectively as an organization? What's our brand? What's our product? Where are we positioning? Who are we actually targeting to solve these solutions for with our, with our, prop, with our products or our solutions or our expertise or our consulting? But most importantly, for those two things to happen, for us to be clear on who we are collectively, for us to be clear on who we're serving, 
We have to support and promote that all of our employees, all of our associates, all of our talent know who they are and are centered in who they are so they can become a part of something bigger than themselves. The problem is, is because we chase the what, right? What product are we going to push? What, what profit margins do we need to hit? What KPIs are we going to measure, right? We've lost the human element in so much of what we do and the virtual world has only ex exemplified that. So now it's a matter of like, we need to take back control of the who's in our world. Who are our associates? Giving them permission to be who they are, not the box that we've defined they need to be and set them free because that's what's going to allow our businesses to succeed. Ryan, this has been great. All right. So you've given us a lot to kind of start with. And I feel like there's like so much more that we haven't even come close to touching on. Your website, brianbogert.com, um, B-O-G-E-R-T.com. Who's a great person to engage with? Um, what would you have them look at? You know, what, what would you recommend? Yeah. So I would tell you that, uh, you know, just to the core of even what we just talked about, we work with individuals, become more aware, more intentional in who they already are. That's the core of it. So often we're working with individuals who don't know who they are, who lack clarity in who they are, who are feeling stuck or stymied in some area or many areas in their life. And so we have um, programs, both self-led, group coaching, community stuff that's involved for everybody. Um, my one-to-one -one work, and I mentioned this to you before we got on the call, I'm typically working with business owners, entrepreneurs, high-level executive leaders, or high-level sales individuals who can actually influence cultural change by their own evolution but it always starts with them. Everything begins and ends with you. So that's still a core belief. But the work that we do with those individuals, we, we help giants become legends by helping them grab what they think is just out of their grasp, right? Most people think that why they're stuck or why they lack who they are is because they have the wrong strategy or tactics in their life. And what we find more often than not, regardless if these are the one-to-one -one clients or just the general people who go through our programs, it's not the wrong strategy and tactics. It's typically people getting clarity and understanding of the emotional triggers, behavioral patterns, and environments that have shaped them in their lives. And once we start to be able to understand those, we can flip it on its head and use it to our advantage to not only gain clarity on who we are, not only get conviction on what we want to do, but also bring joy, freedom, and fulfillment back into our lives. And oh, by the way, none of that comes as a promise. None of that comes as a guarantee because it's 100% the amount of work that these people put in through the process. We don't have a seven-step system that says, you do this and you'll be successful. We guide people on an intrinsic journey to get clear on who they are and define what success means to them, and then we help them reach it. Fantastic. All right. Brian Bogert, your website, Brian Bogert, B-O-G-E-R-T.com. Brian, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, Josh. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, 
you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.